if I could make a living walking in the woods, you could bet I'd be sitting pretty good, high on a hill, looking at the field downwind. And I'm going to end there because I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What song is that? It's uh, Luke Bryan. Okay. Hunting, All right. Fishing, loving every day. Nice. Nice. Richard, welcome to the show, bro. Yeah, it's good to be here. A little bit of a trek for you, huh? Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I, I love that you guys are making the trek because the conversations are always better in person. Well, the thing is, is uh, I've done Zoom calls before with uh, other business stuff, but you don't actually know who these people are. And when you meet somebody in person, you kind of get the gist of them within the first 10 to 30 minutes of talking to somebody. So yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. It's an experience you can't buy. It's not, you know. It's not something, oh, I'm going to talk to this person, and we've talked over the phone, but yep. I had no idea who you are. So, you know. Keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it that way. Uh, let me do a quick shout-out. I'm, I'm wearing uh, Clint's uh, T-shirt from Fieldstone, so he just gave me the okay. shirt, and I was like, cool, solid. Uh, we did a great show with him, and he was here this morning doing that. And now, how do you pronounce your last name, man? Eipel, E-I-P-L. Eipel. What's that background from? German. You're German? Yeah. Richard Eipel. Uh, tile and finishings, uh, and then website is triple W retile. It's uh, R E tile, R E tile eight finishes. No, no, it's it's uh, R E tile and finishes. Okay, all right, so, all right, so all right, I'm just trying to read R E tile and finishes, and then that's on Instagram as well. And yeah. then the email is R E tile and finishes at gmail.com yeah it's re dot tile yeah it's a re dot little, it's tile. A, yeah it's a little there it is okay. it's a little uh, it's a little much it. too uh, and then you're on yeah. social you're not on social we met through social you reached well, out we've there's talked a, there's a funny story the way that worked and how did that work so i don't know what social you mean because there's so much but if you're IG. specifically gonna call out facebook which if that's what you're meaning i don't know I've been spending more time on Facebook. The, the problem with Facebook is, uh, and I'm not going to get into politics or anything, but there was a time when certain rules were changed for Facebook, YouTube, and all the likes. And uh, after that, it just, Facebook became more of a pain in the rear to deal with than to just say, okay, these people know who I am, and sometimes you get random people that reach out to you, so... It kind of went back to the old school way of uh, referrals. So you do a fantastic job for somebody, and then they give you a fantastic referral to their friend or somebody that you know needs whatever kind of work done, specifically tile work in my case. So, but uh, but you're getting you got work from that, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. All the time. I know, but it's, trust me, I've got a love hate with social too, man. <laughs> but I mean, this show maybe at some known. point I'll re get back into it but for now it's just gonna it's gonna stay where it is i don't know but social's grown this show that's the thing so i yes. can't knock it that much no i i'm not knocking for it. me it's to go to home depot and introduce mm -hmm. myself to everybody and go hey you want to come on the show that would just yeah. come across creepy eh? come to my van and, it, come and on the it's show a lot here. of no, time it wouldn't that's work right, right? Yeah. social media you could be creepy and still come across as a normal person Yes, sometimes. Basically, right? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> all right so richard we're, we're gonna talk tile we want to talk tile today right Absolutely. Lately, I've been having a lot of tile installers on the show, which is great. Which is uh, why I kind of looked at it and I watched a few of your episodes and I go, you know what? I got to get my ass on the show. <laughs> and let's have a conversation about well, it, Well, right? specifically, and I'd like to make a point, uh, I tile. I forget his name. Young Paris. Yeah. yeah. Great guy. And uh, the story, you know, 
that he mentioned was quite similar to my own. So not quite the same, but some of the things he said or was saying would kind of, you know. About I, the industry and what he goes well, through. Well, just the way he was taught and what he does kind of kind of sunk true with me. So and He's a kid. How old are you? I'm uh, I'm 28. Yeah, you're a kid too still. Holy uh, cow. You're uh, only a couple of years older I'm, than him, man. I, I'm going to tell you something, though. I'm not like most kids you've ever met, so. All right. I'm an exception to the rule. Cool. So Why is that? Well, just put it this way. Uh, my uh, The people that raised me are in their 70s, 60s. You know, they're old. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I learned a lot from them, and it just kept going from there. So I like to call myself uh, a little bit of the old school. <laughs> so it uh, it's worked out and many times in past so so why construction richard like what was it at what age were you at that you said construction well, well let's go back to the beginning i guess okay um, when i first started i wasn't uh i had no interest in construction none at all what did you have an interest in well what i had an interest in was welding i like to you know i was you know i mentioned my older generation parents or you know Foster parents is yeah. what I'll call them because that's what they are. Yeah. And they're still in my life to this day. Um, but I used to just tinker around making swords or knives, whatever I wanted. And they said, well, you have a passion for something it's, I, we see. So go make something of it. And I'm like, okay. And I finished high school, went right into trade school. And that was an eye opener. Which was, trade school did you go to? I went to Georgian and I went for uh, welding techniques. So that was. So uh, you're like what, 18? 18, 19, yep. Went right At into 18, it. 18, 19, you got a strong passion for metal blacksmith work, huh? Oh, yeah. And high school. Not welding. a lot of guys or girls are doing that, huh? High school welding. Oh, man. It opened, just, opened things up for you? Uh, high school welding was just scary. Um, and Why? Specifically, my high school. Well, put it this way you ever seen the, the guy that shows up on site with his socks and, or his. Uh, Sandals and uh, socks or sandals and no socks with no hard hat. And in the dead of winter? <laughs> and no, not in the dead of winter, just his shorts, his sandals, and yeah, walks right on I've, the... I've that, seen them. That's the kind of, you you know, that's what high school welding <laughs> refers to me at, or shop class. It's <laughs> like, yeah, okay. <laughs> what, what were some of the lessons that you learned from the metalworking in high school that well, you, you perfected later on? <sighs> I'll tell you one thing. What's nice about welding is uh, it's not like tile work. Uh, if you fuck it up, you can fix it. <laughs> that's tile true. work, no, you fuck it up, true. you can't fix it. Grab another piece. Yeah, that's right. That's very, very true. Scribe <laughs> it and do it again. So most of the time in welding, it was most of the time you can fix it, but not always. So, um, so you go to trade school. Yep. And, and that was an eye-opener too? So during trade school, I went through a couple different jobs to pay the bills and you know, I was just renting a room off my parents and my real parents and um, the hospitality trade. So, you know, like a dishwasher job. Or yeah, we've all whatever, done right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you're, you're in college, you're just whatever. Boy, cleaning shit. Didn't, didn't work yeah. out. So, uh, you know, I was given an opportunity uh, through another family member. And long story short, the welding became four days a week full uh, eight hour days welding in the shop and then you would have a three or four day weekend sometimes so most of the time i would hightail it down from midland ontario down to toronto and i would work all weekend and that worked very well for me and enough work too right there's not enough of you oh, out there there was i was just a laborer i was just a whatever guy 
you know, do this, do that, cut the drywall out, demo this, yep. you know, patch this drywall, whatever it took, you know? Yeah. So roofing. So, and then from there it just kept going and I just, I didn't stop. After that, I went to work in the welding trade and, you know, it, it, it was tough. It was, uh, you're the youngest guy right out of college and one of the great companies I worked for was, uh, oh, it was out of Ancaster. I'm trying to remember the company. Um, anyways, it doesn't come to mind right now. I'm trying to get more, you know, Morgan's? Morgan Morgan Metal, or I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to get more guys doing metal fabrication on the show because it's always an interesting story, right? Well, it's funny. I, I was talking to uh, a lady, a young girl yesterday that was doing it, and uh, some of the stuff she had was just insane. Yeah. The mobile welder. Wow. She was selling a bunch of her stuff. and it was Quite informative she was. Um, but, yeah, it's just. It's kind of like uh, we pop up once in a while here and there, and most people don't know I'm a welder fabricator. And when I tell them that, they go, oh, okay, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think they really grasp what... What exactly that means. Yeah, you know, and frankly, there's a lot of things I've forgotten. There was like a, there was a book that would sit in front of you full of stuff you had to know to be on the job. And if you didn't know it, like, you're gone. <laughs> really, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, if you can't read the blueprints, you know, you're, you know, if you didn't know one symbol or a couple, okay, fine. But they don't have time there to explain to you what a fillet pass, root pass welding symbol looks like, you know, or a hot pass, or you got to know all that. You got to know what it says, typical tolerance to eighth inch on uh, 20 feet, you know, the cross members weld them at, you know, 64 and seven eighths or whatever it is. You know, there's a lot, you know, stitch weld it, you know, there's just so much. And like you said, there's no forgiveness. No. Well, there is, but put it this way, that first job that I got hired on, I did it the way the lead fabricator told me to. A week later, the main supervisor, head boss comes along and goes, these are all too short by two inches. And I go, for fuck's sakes. And he so goes, whose fault? He looks at me and then he looks at the lead fabricator. And he looks back at me and says, cut it all the fuck apart. <laughs> Start all over. Well, put it this way. This piece that was working on a massive jig would be about four times the size of this room. And it was about, I don't know, 60 by 100 feet, something like that. Oil refinery equipment. So you could imagine the kind of money that that would have cost them for a week's worth of labor materials. Yeah. So it was, you know. You still weld? Yeah, on the side. On the side? You still Do you still love it? I do, but one of the reasons I gave it up was my health and just the kind of conditions that, you know, when you go to some of these places that... It ain't you, the clean, I know. It's not clean. It's about airflow and your eyes. Uh, it just destroys your body faster than tile does. Your eyes, I've had a two-inch wire lodged in this eye. Oh. I almost lost one of these eyes. It missed my retina by an eighth of an inch or sixteenth of an inch, something like that. Um, just a million things. You know that little die grinder they stick in your eye? Yeah. Yeah, I've had that in my eye more times than I can count because of the metal shavings. I've had like one, just one little metal I've had it once. more than 10 to 20 times in it's the last so six years. It's so uncomfortable, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it has to be done because if it doesn't come out of your eye, 
it turns into rust. And essentially what that means is it goes like brown behind your eyelid and then you start having vision problems. So You eventually lose your eye if you leave it that way, right? Yeah. So, for example, my hands in front of me, they look kind of blurry. But my only saving grace is if I still look down a rifle scope, I can still see. <laughs> <laughs> so how many years did you do it? Well, that's the problem. I say five, but for me, it's kind of been uh, just a journey of... Uh, what works for me and what doesn't. So I did it on and off during construction, um, kind of went back and forth essentially. So, and then eventually about, I'd say about five years ago, I gave it up. So I just had enough. You know? And the health got better. Yeah. My eyes and my lungs, you know, I just, so I, let me ask a dumb question. Cause I'm not, I'm fascinated by metal yep. trade and metal work. Yep. I've never dove into it. Okay. I've been in those facilities. Yep. I want to get out of those facilities. Yeah. Right. But since there's so much money attached to it, because there is a lot of money attached to it. Yes and no. On the top, I'd say the cream. There's a lot of money in the top part. There's a lot of next to no money in the bottom part, which right. is you guys doing the actual physical work. Right. Why not make the industry a lot healthier and better because there is so much money in it? Or is that getting political? It's borderline. Yeah. It's very borderline. So you ever been in a manufacturing industry before? Let's yeah. say Honda. Have you ever been in Honda yeah. before? In not in that one, but I've been in a similar, yeah. The Tottenham, Ontario. Massive Honda facility. Okay. I don't know if you've ever been there. No. Great facility. They pay their workers well. I was I worked there for a short period as well when I was younger, just doing whatever, packaging or whatever they needed, right? Um, but the one good thing I can say about those buildings is they do spend the money to make them what they should be. And I've worked in other companies where you walk in there. I don't know if you've ever been in some CNC factories before. You walk in there and you get that musty smell yeah. and it hits you. Yeah. Well, imagine breathing that in for 8 to 12 hours a day. It's not healthy. And then man. you're sitting in a box about, about as big as this table and it's all enclosed. And you're breathing in that gas you're welding. You know what that does to your body and oh, your brain? I can imagine. It turns you into a vegetable. And that's one of the reasons I gave it up as uh it just became more of a hassle than a reward um one of the best jobs i ever had i worked for a private guy in the middle of nowhere elmville ontario okay and he had a little welding shop and he taught me all kinds of things i never even learned at college but it was because he was an old school old school welder uh not in the age category but technique anyways the best that was the best reward you had more than enough tools to do the job but it was more lenient towards custom, you know, and that's kind of like tile in a way is, you know, you show up on a job site. Yeah, a guy can do most of the job with a grinder. No questions. But it gets to a point in time when you're going to need, you know, that big tile saw or you're going to need that big tile snapper. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but it gets to a point where you need those tools. It's just night and day. Yeah. You know. You know, I never even considered it, but a lot of guys, uh, I, I, can't, I can't remember, uh, Scotty Chow, I think is on Instagram. Yeah, I know, I know of Scotty Chow. Yeah, yeah I'd like to sh- shout out to him because... Uh, I'd like to get him on the show. I, I remember I remember his Instagram there. He had a mask on. He said uh, something about a uh, post about breathing in formaldehyde, I think it was, on some of the trim or something. And I think I said, uh, isn't that what they put in cigarettes? 
<laughs> Any from the trim, like what are you yeah. talking about, MDF or I something? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Really? I, I had a good laugh about it. I, I, I'm. Don't quote me, but almost any material you're breathing it in, if you don't yeah, have a respirator. But I had a good laugh about it because you know, good on him for wearing the respirator and all that. But uh, when you get a box of tile and it says right on the box, uh, "State of California, known to cause cancer." How many would you say out of the GTA area actually wear masks? They when don't they cut those. I'm gonna say they don't. No, I don't. I never have. And they'll sneak it in. They'll go outside and do a quick cut. Outside is the best. It um, is. But then if you're doing so many quick cuts and you're so close to it and you yeah, are breathing it the in. Commercial's the worst. Like, I, I agree. Everything's close to you. Cut it. Get it done. But if you can cut outside with a grinder, oh, my God. It'll save your lungs. Here's the problem is that you get a lot of guys that either have to wear glasses and the respirator. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, glasses are fogging up. Or you're outside yeah. in colder temps and you come back in. Sit, glasses there are, is an issue with colder temperature. Uh, right. Tile actually shatters when it when I've actually cut a couple tiles. And you're cutting it and it just shatters. And I yeah. couldn't figure it out. So there's, what is it? It's a, it? There's a, what's the term? It's actually called. Well, um, I actually like to relate it to uh, hardwood. Like, uh, you know how you have to climatize wood before yes. you install it? Yes. Well, think of it. Yeah, I, I've done that store, with tile. If you store want. a skid of tile outside and it's minus 25 or minus 20 out and you take that tile box by box inside to install it, you know what's going to happen? I know exactly. It's going to shatter. Yeah. And when you stick it to the thin set, it's going to freeze with the thin set. So it's not actually going to bother. You have properly. to climatize tile. Yeah. People don't, homeowners yeah. definitely don't know that. Oh, and definitely. a lot of junior tile people probably don't know that either. I learned that the hard way. We live in Canada, so we're dealing with cold. <laughs> right now it's turning and you want to park tile on a pallet outside in the driveway yep. and not carry it inside the house until you want to start installing it. No, you got you to gotta install it. You got to bring it in, let it sit there for the weekend, then use it. Which is sometimes not always doable. No, I know. Spades. Nor do clients well, want it. All doing kinds of crap. Floors yeah, and the floors are all brand new. What are you going to do? Park a brand new skid of yeah, tile right yeah. on the floor? <laughs> so you're a welder, you're metal fab, and then you choose a hard trade to get into. Actually, I didn't choose it. It, choos- it chose you? It just came along. And How? What I mean by that is once I gave up welding, I went and I worked for a great company out of Barrie called Katie Claire Construction. Okay. Great company. You wanted to advance yourself. I think I was there... I wasn't there very long, but you were working in minus 25 temperatures. The bones were freezing to you past your knuckles. <laughs> I remember I have a picture somewhere. There's a six-inch galvy spike, and I'm working up the two-story level up in the, you know what a demising wall is? Yeah. It's a fire-rated double five-eighths wall. Yeah. Trying to drive a six-inch spike through a wall, and I have a cheap, shitty Stanley hammer, the rounded head on it. I remember swinging that thing, and it just kept bouncing off. And I think somewhere on that picture that I took, I think I, I hit my hand or my hand grazed off the nail, and I caught myself. Mm. And there's a little bit of blood on the nail. And I still have the picture somewhere on my cloud storage somewhere. <laughs> but I still remember that when I see that picture because that's when I said, you know what, screw this. And as soon as that fastenal truck came up the driveway, you know what I did? I went and I pulled out a wad of cash, and I bought a titanium framing hammer. And I still have that hammer to the Still day. the hammer? Yeah, it's a Delugi. Delugi is what they call it. So everybody used to buy the stilettos. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the stiletto, you can either buy one that has a steel or alloy handle. Or a wood handle. Or a wood handle. I have the wood handle one. The wood handle one's shit. 
And you know what I use Listen, that one for? Listen, I don't for? swing it the same you know way I, I use that, that one for? I, I it's like, got a rounded head on it. That is my demo hammer. No, Everybody looks I, at me I, funny. My That <laughs> hammer is good for me. I like it. I like the grip of it. And I do not. I just, I just like a wood handle. Do you know how I got that hammer? How? I was on a roof, sheeting a roof. And a guy got so pissed off with it, he ended up taking it and throwing it off the fucking roof. And I went, no problem. Can I have I it? Went down. No, no, I went down to... Grab garbage and I picked the hammer up and put it on my pouch. Oh, I still the- like <laughs> it. I still Delu- who's who makes the loogie? Uh it's made out of the USA. That's all I know. I've but never heard of them. So it's very similar to the stiletto wood handled one. Only difference is it has a claw on the side for prying nails and it has a magnet on So the top. it comes it comes with a wood? It's a very small hammer. It looks like a sixteen ounce hammer, but it'll hit like a strike. Yeah. You can drive a, a spike in and I tried it. I built a shed for an older friend of mine there last Last month, uh, it was quite a few weekends, but I built it from the ground up, uh, all to code. I like wood handles, man. And uh, long story short, I just practiced with a three-inch spike and three hits. No problem. But wait, that so that, okay, how did that get into tiling? <laughs> <laughs> My mistake. No, no, I'm trying to figure out where did the tile, so when was the official first day of tiling? So that company, Katie Killer Construction, I got a phone call on site. And uh, my buddy asked if I wanted a tile job. I would just be driving uh, the boss around, whatever, doing labor work. And long story short, I said, sure, why not? And chances were he had a whole house to himself and, you know, no kids, no wife. And I ended up moving in there and, you know, uh, one thing became another and worked for him for a while. And I ended up sticking around and I learned the tile. I learned a lot. He taught you? Yep. Yep. What did you know? At the beginning, did you know nothing. anything? Zero. Nothing from Not TV. Nothing from reading no the interest. back of Thinset. Nothing no from interest. No milk cartons. Nothing didn't at all. Shit about tile. Didn't care. I was just there to make a living. That was it. So you didn't have a preference on underlayment, Thinset. Nothing. Style of tile. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. So you're a sponge and willing to. Yep. And fabric cutter, I'm gonna, snapper. I'm no. not going to brag, but I picked that up in about a year and a half. Okay. So then I started putting my first tiles in, 12 by 12. How shitty. old are you at this time now? I think I was about 20, 21. So, okay. Yeah. And so, what was the first job? The first job was in Alliston, Ontario. There's but what a, was the style of job? What were you doing, a just, bathroom? or Just floors, 12 floors? by 12. Okay. Drop them and go. Old school. Stacked or? Straight stack. Yeah. Okay. So just. Right work. onto what? Scratch coat? Concrete. Right concrete, onto concrete. Uh, commercial. Yep. Okay. Yep. Clips? Nope. No. No clips back then. The force. Yep. Just the force. Just spread and drop. Okay. That's it. Level it. Yoda spacers. would have been a good tile setter, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I get I get in a lot of these situations, uh, especially nowadays, where they want it done the old school way, which is fine, but they don't really understand. Do they frown upon the clips? Is that why? No, it's about cost is what it is. And I get a little frustrated with people because they don't understand... That the old school way, you know, you're doing with six by six, you know, 12 by 12, the old stuff, the smaller tiles. Sure. No clips, no problem. The problem is, is nowadays you get a tile that's a 12 by 24. Well, believe it or not, 12 by 24 is considered large format. No, it's not. Not in my opinion. Well, look it up. It's technically cons- speaking. Technically speaking. So when, at what point, 12 by 24, 12 by 12 is, is not a large format? Nope. You do not need an LFT thin set for a 12 by 12 or, or 12 by 24. So or the smaller. thin set is dictating 
the description. It's a little it. bit of both. Okay. It's a little bit of both. But if you've ever had a non-rectified tile before, do you know how much of a pain in the ass it is to make all those joints perfect oh, and know, line them up, ass. level, no lippage? I know. It's almost next to impossible. Yeah, I know. So that's where it meets the borderline, I think, because what I know and what I hear is based off of opinions of many people and many jobs that I've ran into. And I re- so, for example, I ran into a job I did about a year and a half ago as a friend of the family, old house built in the 60s. It was plank flooring, old okay. hardwood plank flooring. And I'm not talking the finished stuff. I'm talking the rough stuff, something you'd see from a building in 1880. What do you use on that? Dietra? Scratch coat? What do you use to put mm-hmm. the tile on top? What kind of subst- What kind of underlay? What do you think? I'd start with a new sheathing of plywood to begin with. Yes, if it's in the budget. But let's just say okay, it so was a little bathroom. It was a little bathroom. So okay. what, what do you think would be the best? A modified thin set of some sort. No. What would we be? Cement board. Cement board? You thin. go in quarter inch or half? Half. Half inch? You quarter thin, you could get you away with. Are you thin setting it down? Or yes, you just, okay. absolutely. Of course. Every time. And I've done jobs in the past where they didn't ask or require it. And now I learned Every why. cement board I've ever put down before then was always thin set down. There will be a company that will not be named. But uh, yes, they... Think about it. It's bond... It, it soaks takes, into the cement. You would be surprised. There's it so costs many. nothing. It's probably less than a bag. We're not going to get into that because there's a lot of builders to this day that believe putting a 3 8 inch plywood over top of, let's say, aspenite is what I'm going to call it. It's not called aspenite, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the term we use. Uh, what, what's it called? Chipboard? Yeah. Whatever. Oh, spear, whatever. Aspenite. Yeah. So they believe that. Which is the worst eights, to put on. Three eighths plywood screwed to aspenite and then a bag of LFT over top, no underlay with a million screws nope. through that nope. is better. Nope. This is production is better than Dietra eliminate the three eighths plywood, wash the floor, Dietra cemented to the floor or Prova, whatever you Whatever's cheaper or Protega. But Dietra um, doesn't want you to adhere to a, a chipboard. Really? They wanted to a plywood. It says OSB, but from what I recall. Um, they don't recommend we'll it. quote it, but I believe it was in the standards that it it did meet. The standards. ANSI standards. It does. Right. I, 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 so. I've done the cement versus that and then put. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's budget and then also height. That's right. Right. Height's a huge thing. If you bring the floor up inch and three quarter, nobody wants that. They don't no, want a huge Nobody wants this thread. They don't want a ramp there. I know. Yeah, that's right. So it meets cost, budget, and code. And what I find a lot nowadays is code is pushed under the table. Of course it is. You know. We know I, that. In the last six, five to seven years, I've done scratch coat once. Once. I've never done it. I used to do whole houses in it in here in Toronto. Now, would you do... The regular chicken wire and then just a wire lathe. Yeah, but it's just, are you doing a a really milky thin set solution over it or are you dry packing over it? No, it's called, uh, the mix we called was cream of mushroom. And essentially what that means Cream of mushroom? Yes. Is that what's on the bag? No. No, that's what you guys call it. It's the mixture we call it because of what it looks like when you're spinning it up. (laughs) So when you take a bag of thin set and you add water to it, there's, so there's floor mixture, so it's more sticky. In a trial, it won't fall off if you pick a, yes. a glob up, yes. but it's still wet enough to work with. Yes. Now, that we're not going to get into that, but 
There's wall mixture. So for ultralight, for example, it's very wet. It's very thin, but it does drip a little bit. The reason behind that is because by the time you get halfway through the bucket, it's going to be pretty solid. So it depends on how good you are and how fast you install. But then, okay, are you and not then in the school? Below that is cream of mushroom and you get into your Ditra and I call it cream of mushroom because what it is essentially is you take about a, um, what kind of inset was it called? You talking about pay products? Sorry? Mapai products? Or you yes, Mapai. Okay. Mapai, whatever. I'm I said this to a contractor or a client once, and I probably shouldn't have. I've seen more fucked up shit done with Mapai and never failed than I've ever seen in my life. And the reason behind that is uh, you ever seen a tile installer? They put the Dietra mat down or Dietra heat, and they mix it up thin, and they parge or burn the floor in with it, come yeah. back the next day kind of like a self-leveler. Yeah. And... Is it rock hard that when you walk on it, it chips or it flakes off? It doesn't flake off. It doesn't chip. That is a good sign. Yeah. I've seen it flake right off while really? you're walking, just stepping on it. And then you turn your foot and it flakes off even more. And somehow it never failed. And you install thin set right over top of that. And this is MapEye. But that's... Ultra one. So the part that's flaking off, is that not a sign set. that it's... Too much liquid. Way too much liquid. Yeah. And it was not cured yet. So it takes... But you've still done it and you've never seen a failure as I've a result of it. never had a failure. Listen, every towel... wasn't I, my work. And I've got a lot of respect for your yeah. knowledge on, on a lot of that stuff. But every towel installer yeah. has their mm -hmm. Gordon Ramsay kind of cooking book. They, You know what I'm talking Gordon about, Ramsay. right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, so they'll do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Manufacturers yeah. don't like that shit because they want you... Mm -hmm. You buy a BMW, it only has to be serviced at BMW. You can only use BMW parts, which is total mm. bullshit. Oh, That's, you mean like Tesla? Yeah. <laughs> I, right? So it's just like we know as tile installers, trial and error, you've been yes. down on your hands and knees working, trial on things, so and you've been mixing it. A while ago, I don't, I don't, I wasn't sure if it was Carlito or maybe you mentioned it. I don't remember. Tech, yes, tech product. That's, I would never, Carlito mentioned Two failures in seven years <laughs> See, on fucking. You'll get tech guys who cement. tried Mapay and it failed and not tech use it. Tech is bullshit. I'm so sorry. Everyone's different. It's bullshit. I've never used tech, so I can't Just say. Just their thin set. I okay. don't. Maybe their grow is okay. I've used Schluter's thin set. I've used Mapay's thin Schluter, set. Schluter, Mapay, Kiesel, no problem. All day long. I've never no used Flex. Let me tell you something. I did a client's house, Rednersville Road, uh, just south of Belleville. Um, Kiesel thin set, uh, Servo Light. No heat in the house. No heat hooked up. I'm doing a curbless shower. Three fucking days. The thin set was not cured. What was they the temperature in the house? Around we talking about 50 winter? to 60. Yeah, right in the wintertime. And it was still warm. They it took had a three heat. days to cure? Three fucking days. I it, went there the first day. Water. It was still wet. Second day, it was still... I probably could have made it work, but they were like those little river rock mosaic sheets on the shower floor. And I don't know if you know anything about those, but there was no way I was even going to attempt to risk that. So I waited. The third day, came back. It was rock solid. But the thing is, is what people don't realize is, and this coming back to Servo Light, I did a job rating heated floors down in uh, just south of Picton, um, right near the sandbanks. So you're doing a you're doing sandbanks. A, you're doing Five tile on top of a cement pour. So radiant heated floors are usually cement, yep. concrete found, uh, subfloor. Yeah, it was so fucking hot that I put they were using cement board over top of the cement 
just a waste of time. Within five minutes, the Servolite, I mixed it up, a wet mixture for about a wall yeah. application. It was rock hard in five minutes. The temperature in the room in the radiant heated floors was at over 75 fucking degrees. And I told them, I'm out of here. And they go, well, what do you mean? I go, well, I'm out of here. They go, why? You see that thermostat right there? It's way too fucking hot in here. Average range of temperature should be between 50 to 65 max. But there's you got it at 75. I know they think that'll the help you. It will help you. Absolutely, it doesn't not. help it you. It hinders you. It's it it cures faster than rapid set, which is dangerous, <sighs> very dangerous. Because if a thin set cures that fast, rapid set takes about 20 minutes. I use a Careflex RS a lot. Yeah, I've used uh, it before. Recently, yeah. not my favorite, but. Long story short, about 20 minutes. I like granny wrap it. Yeah, it's okay. It's just you 20 gotta, minutes, you'll wreck all your good. tools if you yeah. don't clean it. Yeah, about 20 minutes. But if a thin set cures faster than that, you're walking into a load of issues. Later on. Oh. <laughs> so what is it, like a shock cure that you it's going to fail later on? Well, it sucks all the moisture out really too fast, fast, rapidly. Too yeah. fast. You, it's, you can't, you know. And I remember somebody mentioning tech. There, it's uh, Carlito. He's he's he loves cause all of it to tech. crack. I, I, but uh, funny but that you're you saying that. A he, little bit of water, this much more than they recommend, you're fucked. Rip it out and redo it. I've had two jobs. Have you fail. have you not done in the beginning of your career where you you've done certain mixes and then yeah. they didn't work out perfectly? You speak to the reps and then all of a sudden the reps say, "Are you putting enough waters or the right?" <laughs> then have you not taken a measuring? Going back to Gordon Ramsay, are it you not taking a measuring cup? Versatile. And me I know it should be versatile, and it should be versatile. There's a reason Mapai sells their brand through Lowe's for the homeowners, and then you go to the supplier. We get our contractor grade, yeah. and it's essentially the same. Only we get a little bit more in a bag than the those guys do. So. Let me let me do a little history and construction here, Richard. <laughs> World's most expensive tiles, man. At number four is Ultra Slim MK2 Gayoa white polished tile carried by National Tiles. It's one hundred and forty-seven dollars a square meter. There are massive tiles at three foot eleven. Is that, is that meter or square foot? That's square meter. Uh. What's uh sorry square one square meter imperial, would be nine please. square feet I know I know you gotta <laughs> do, I'm giving you imperial on the size of the tile so basically they're slabs three foot eleven by nine foot one okay number three is Bellina glaze fish scale tile carried by tile cloud it's two hundred and eighty seven square uh per square meter they also okay. come in sheets to assist tilers needed to lay the unique shape uh fossil fossil Blue iris mosaic tile carried by pool tile, right. $624 per square meter. Right. Uh, they absorb light. They glow in the dark. They're designed for interiors and pools and saunas. And the number one most expensive is Pietra Firma Lux Touch. Exclusive line launched by Pietra Firma at the Monaco Yacht Show. Oh, yeah, I already see where this is going. Uh, it has diamonds in it. There's 200 and 2,400 pieces of mother of pearl, 400 pieces of a uh, bona. We're shell. not talking real diamonds. We're talking Jesus. fake diamonds. Right? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's so, no, no, these are real diamonds because based on the price. It is hey. 1.3 million per square meter. So they're the artisan created diamonds, right? It's gotta be. Okay. Got it. 1.3. Can you real imagine diamonds that? Nowadays are in uh, very short supply. Okay. Can you imagine making a mistake on a tile that's $1.3 million on one tile? That would be a colossal fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, that has happened before. I've seen some jobs. 
I like to call colossal fuck up. <laughs> Here, here's my rule of thumb. You're allowed to have three minor mistakes. And what I mean by minor is you cut a tile, you chip, you take a, a chunk out of the corner. You can hide it with the piece that comes into the next one. Yes. You never see it. Yes. But if you have more than three minor fuck ups, pack your tools. At any given on. time or in the very beginning At of your career? Time. At any time. You're an But I, I know plenty of tile guys that have guys that People work for them. People are paying top so many dollar. Ups. They're paying good money. The last thing they want is to see cracks, chips, and breaks in their installation. Why are guys fucking up like that? Are they not paying attention to the task at hand? No. No, I disagree. What is it then? There are some guys like that, and they don't last very long. What it is is, and what I've seen, is that you'll get a company that will hire a bunch of guys or a sub, let's just say. Yeah. And what happens is the guy that's in charge, let's say uh, I'm in charge and I'm the lead installer. I'm the one that's being very specific. I'll go for lunch or I'll go, let's just say, and I'm using myself as a bad example, but that person will go for break or whatever. The junior installer will be installing it. And then they'll come back and either they'll see it and they just won't. It's already done. We don't want to fix it. Whatever. Let's see if they say anything. It's already done, so they don't want to rip it out and redo it. And what that means is the junior guys, they didn't know any better. And there was just nobody over here going, hey, that tile looks like shit. Rip it out. Put another one in. Hey, that tile is a 16th inch too big or 8th inch too big. I had that happen once. I was doing 24 by 48. I was doing about 300 square feet. It was a showroom. And I'm putting it down. They want a 64th inch grout joint. On 24 by 48, which is very fucking hard. Okay, but it's first a, of all, it goes against all kinds of rules for grouting. Oh, yeah, but you can't. That's what the they want. Bare minimum is 16th of an inch. That's what they wanted, so I had to deliver. Now, yeah, but who's, did, did it turn uh, no names? I'm not going to. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I know. But, but it's it just, turned out great. They loved it. But what had happened was the last four tiles, they were about three in a row. The last four tiles, the last second tile off the four, it was a. A box, essentially. Yeah. One, two, three, four. The last second tile was an eighth inch bigger than the rest of them that I would that I pulled out of eight different boxes. There's two in a box, I believe. They were those. That much uh, of a difference? Huge. Huge. So that. that just you ever get a box of 12 by 24, you have about 200 know, feet. I know. They're not. I and know. you're installing and it's an eighth inch bigger. Yeah. That'll fuck you for six rows. Yeah, I know. And what do you do? Step it out. Seven. Sometimes better to just go pull out that tape. Double check every single one. This fucking tile is way too big. Yeah. Pull it. Yeah. Because that does happen. You know, everybody goes, oh, they're 12 by 24. I go, is a 2 by 4 a 2 by 4? Well, what do you mean? 12 by 24. It's a nominal fucking size. Never 12 by 24. 30 by 60, but that doesn't mean it's bang on 30 by 60. It could be uh, 23 and 5 eighths by... 12 or 11 and 7 eighths is what I remember in my head because I remember cutting the tile cutter. 11 and 7 eighths, bang on, half. That was just one brand. Every brand is different. Every manufacturer is different. Yep. And these 12, 24 by 48s were good quality. They were from Turkey. They were those uh, digital vitrified tiles. Okay. Uh, polished in any color. Specifically Carrera um, with the gray veins through your yep. common stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But you have to really read the manufacturer specs on shit nowadays and i'm not being facetious when i say that because 
I've had this argument with somebody before, been doing it 25 years. Oh, we got to cover up all the pool deck. The grout's going to get wet. It's going to absorb moisture, blah, blah, blah. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, well, it takes eight hours to cure. Not true. Read the bag. Oh, no, no, no. I've been doing this 25 years. So the mentality yeah. comes in. Yeah. Kiesel grout. Don't quote me on it. I didn't remember reading it, but I believe it's the same. It's a rapid set. Uh, the two grouts I use are Kiesel's um, Servoflex, I believe it is. Kiesel's. Why do you like Kiesel so much? I don't, but what you get in a bag is uh, rated for around 200 feet, 200 square feet. Whereas a map high, you get around about half the price. You know, a bag of Ultra Color FA goes for around 25, 30 bucks a bag. Yeah. 10 pound bag. How much is a Kiesel? Kiesel's about 50, 45, 50. So now, but is it a better grout? Yes, because it's finer. The grit. So when you there's no sand dump in a it. bag of Ultra Color FA and a bag of Kiesel right here, and I sift my hands through it, the grout in the Ultra Color FA is fine. It's a rapid set, sanded and unsanded. It's okay. It'll do the job. But the Kiesel is even finer. So you, when you pack those joints or you parge that in, it cleaner look. It doesn't sag down. You know, I get sick and tired of going to clients' houses, and I go. They want me to do their shower. And then I go, oh, who did the backsplash? Oh, another guy. Da, da, da. And I look at it. And you know what he used? Fucking polyblend unsanded grout from Home Depot. And it just, it in my mind, it goes, why the fuck would you do that? That is the who worst on glass subway tile, too. Who, the, who makes them? Polyblend is Home Depot brand. It's just branded one? That's it? Uh, it's unsanded or sanded. So here's the thing. I'm though. not a fan of it. Here's the thing, though. My mother's house, uh, she sold in Port McNichol, Ontario. Okay. I used that. It was cheap. Keep it under budget. I grabbed one of each. Uh, sanded, unsanded. If you take 60-40, you take 60 sanded, 40 unsanded, and you mix those two colors together, now you have an ultra color FA. It's just not a rapid set. <laughs> so, it's, See, uh, I told you. you got to know the Going products. back to Gordon Ramsay, man. you got to know the products. And unfortunately, you know, I got a guy that... 60 years old, been doing this 30 years, guy I work with, he goes, should we, uh, what do you think? I want to go tile or tile right over top. Uh, four by 16 subway tile, straight stack on walls. You think I should just put the thin set over it, uh, ultralight, and tile right on it? or should Right I over prime? existing tile? Yeah, or should I prime it? I, I look at him and I tell him, prime the fucking tile. He goes, well, why? I go, well, think of it this way. When you have uh, a polished surface, What's the first thing you should do? You should sand, sand it, it down. sand it. So the way around that is uh, Mapai. Uh, they have a paint or primer. Uh, what's it called? Not. Uh, it's um, I know prime grip. I, yeah. Eco prime grip. I'll, yeah, yeah. Eco prime grip. Tile over tile. Flawless every time. Works fantastic. I've had to do it more times than I can count. No failures? No, no any failures. Issues? And the reason I say this is... Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, there was a job that failed. Uh, the client wanted a dry pack base, Kay. linear drain. Okay. No. Absolutely set up disaster, failure every time. And the reason I say that is because when you put the drain from the wall, you need about an inch clearance from the control wall. You need that little inch piece, but it still has to slope. Yes. It takes so much time to build that up with the dry pack. Rather than use a Schluter base, you push the drain down, it slopes straight to the drain, done deal. 
what had happened was it was not draining fast enough. It had less than an eighth inch slope over four feet. The shower had a bench at the back to a linear drain right below the shower control, about a 36 inch. So it had an eighth inch slope over four feet? Less, less. Basically flat. Yes, and it was pooling. The water would pool. So what has made it for me was there was a company I worked for over Belleville Way. I did about four of them for them major repairs that a tile guy had fucked up and that was one of them they had used uh marble mosaics on the floor and it had a big uh concave like a little dip pool yeah the guy had spent a fortune on these uh they look like marble but they're uh hexagon uh porcelain tiles mosaics uh one inch by one inch so why didn't he fill in the base the base was dry pack tile guys do is they dry pack it thinking that it's okay and Trust me, I'm not the greatest at dry pack. I hate dry pack. But I've we used to do whole houses with them. It takes three days to fully have that dry pack cured, waterproofed with curdy or uh, whatever membrane, you want to choose. Yeah. Rather than the amount of labor it would cost to do that than to just buy them in the fucking Schluter pens. You're, you're, those three days, all three showers in one house, you're waterproofed, ready for tile. But even with the foam trays, guys are getting lazy and they're not even double checking the substrate to make sure that it's level to begin with. Or off of a a perimeter wall, which we all know for a fact that a rim board is higher than your joists. So you'll have a little bit of a scoop. So now you got to factor that in. So even before you put the tray down, put some self-level in there, get a base. Well, not even that. You just check it with the level. And if it's within the bubble and say it's over uh, about a 16th of an inch. Okay. So parge the floor and you know, uh, you don't have to use self-leveling. You can use uh, ultralight. It could be anything. You you just just have to level it. That's it. And that's, that's key. Um, There was a job in Picton. I had about eight installers go look at, not one of them wanted to do it. (laughs) Why? It was an old Victorian home. Oh. And the drywall moved and bounced like an inch at the bottom. And the wires, the electrician had about eight, 14 or 15, or sorry, 10 2, 10 2 running across the floor right below where the baseboard would go. So I made it very clear to the client that whoever installs this baseboard, do not put the fucking nail at the bottom. They will, they will drive it right through the electrical conduit and you are going to have all kinds of issues. Because when you see work like that, older homes, uh, I've done a few in Kingston, there's a lot that you got to like, your head's got to be up here and thinking about, okay, there's a lot to this old building and it's 200 years old. I live in a house like that. It was built in 1886. And just some of the stuff that they did was just, you shake your head. What was it, a bathtub or a shower being done? It was a shower. So, So it was an existing shower? No, there was nothing there. Oh, they're building brand new. But what was below the floor was about eight inches to the subfloor to the, to the, you ever walk in the Victorian room? The Victorian room had those tin things on the ceiling. Yeah. Just drywall. And I touched it with my hand and it moved the whole fucking ceiling above. Wow. So what they had done is they could not get a drain and a trap in there properly. And the plumbers had decided to use eight fucking fittings to try and use a 25, a 45, a to 25. To create a P-trap of some Oh, sort? yeah. So long story short, I looked at it and I said, I have to put this job on hold. And she goes, why? I go, the plumbers need to come back and they need to fix this. And uh, there will be no names or anything here. But long story short, lead plumber came out 
and it was the same story. A young junior installer had put it in, not realizing that you cannot do that. It creates a siphonic trap, and the water will not drain. It will just, it'll flood the whole thing as soon as you get a clump of hair like that yeah, in there. Yeah. So plumber came back, fixed it, put a trap in there, and we were good to go. I had to use a, a three-quarter uh, OSB. I had to build the pan up, put the curb around it, and then go from there. But it takes a lot of time and knowledge, screw the whole subfloor down. Just, you got to have your head on a swivel. You cannot, if it's going to fail and you know it's going to fail, don't fucking install it. You get a lot of tile guys that are given showers that are not plumb, that are not level. And that's okay. Um, You don't want to build though. You don't want to do all kinds of thin set. No, no, no. That's a waste of money. Yeah. You're better off to rip the drywall off. A sheet of drywall is what, 20 bucks now? Yeah. Rip the drywall off and replumb it. They do. I don't believe in them. And someone told me uh, drywall shims. I was like, drywall shims. Yeah. You ever heard of them? No. What is that? I could not believe. What do you mean? Like plastic shims that go behind? No, drywall? Uh, they're either plastic or wood. I, I don't quote me, but when I think of shims, I think of uh, door shims. For, yeah. You know, putting in a door. Yeah, they exist. And I, I couldn't believe it. It's an old school thing. I could understand the application for an exterior wall, but an interior wall. Come on. I don't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drywall shims. Look it up. Just laugh about it. <laughs> it's yeah. So. so you never got, you never started with the rubber membrane. You never, yes, I did. Oh, I started did? with dry pack and PVC membrane. Yep. Really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Old school. I don't like rubber membranes. Uh, go to the Schluter thing. And uh, I know they like to upsell themselves, but they made a couple good points. And when you're putting in a, uh, a pan or a waterproof membrane system that you're using fucking nails should give you a clear indication. <laughs> you know, uh, I know that's why I never understood it, man. I was yeah. like, this makes no sense. The best one is they use uh gypsum board. You ever heard of that before? Yeah. It gypsum board or it's uh, gypsum's drywall. Is it correct? Or yes. is that sheet rock? No, no, it's the same family. Okay. So there's a gypsum board that's not drywall, but it's like a, it's a very thin, or it's not thin, it's a very malleable sheet. Okay. And they use it in production a lot to kind of cut costs rather than use cement board. And what they use, and I've seen this in a couple production homes where I live, is they nail the fucker to the floor and then tile over top of it. <laughs> it's strong for a certain period of time. Gives you that but five But it's eventually going to fail. Oh, yeah. Gives you that five, eight years, and then, yes, all the tiles start popping. Because you'll get that flex between the gypsum board and the uh, aspenite or OSB uh, substrate. So that uh, always fun. <laughs> and so you were doing the PVC, you were doing the weeping holes, you were doing dry pack before, yes. but then you yes. you got into the Schluter game and then... Well, we, um, the boss... What, did the, the budget have for the Schluter? No, Not I was just a guy back then just doing as I was told, learning and soaking everything up. And yeah. now when I look back on it and I look how stupid it all was because dry pack, you know, commercial, you got a, or a um, curbless shower. Yeah. Absolutely. You yeah. pay a guy come in, he can bring the floor up like this, bring it back down, whichever yeah. way you want. Yeah. Efficient. Great. No problem. But in terms of doing a shower with it, it's a waste of time. You can get a pen uh, 36 by 36 now for 150 bucks or something like that. Or uh, you want a little bit bigger. Uh, it's, you know, 180, the, the, the pricing in the systems now are just so evolved that you don't need to fuck around with this old shit, you know, a Schluter pan and 
the curdy or the liquid. But you membrane. get a lot of the old you school guys. You can be guys. fully waterproofed, shower one or two days if you're slow. But the old school guys don't like the foam. They just don't so, like the foam. And I had an argument with an old guy about this. Uh, it used to be two by two um, uh, was the minimum. That was over five years ago. Oh, you mean ago. the warranty thing? No, no, no. Two by two mosaic was the smallest you could install on Schluter's pants. No, no. Listen, hear me out. I know. I so know, their new pants are now like an actual white foam, yeah. and those are the new style. Those, whatever you want. The old ones that were like, uh, they were like a flaky foam. Do you understand what I'm saying? You get an old pan that didn't have the membrane already on it. Yeah. Those ones, watch out for them. Absolutely. But see, even and those older ones, I would still skim coat I would be sitting it. on one, and I would puncture a hole through the fucking thing. Oh, I know. So, or you'd be working on it, and you would depress it down. So they, you have to fill those holes in. So they are constantly evolving, these companies. They know this. And they, they cater to the professionals in a way that they know that their, their product has to be bulletproof. They cannot sell something that if I'm still installing two-by-twos five years later with the same pan, there's an issue. Um, so why not, Richard, why not go to, like, Wheaties pan or... Uh, Wheaties is a great system. I've used their, uh, like, their Schluterboard Wheatie. Great product. Uh, actually, cheaper than Schluterboard. Uh, they're adhesive as well. <laughs> they're Schluterboard Weedy. Whatever. Weedy won't like that. What's yeah. their board called? Uh, Weedy board? board? Yeah, Weedy board. Whatever. That's uh, a, that's it's a, a genius, fiberglass eh? board. marketing team right there, it's, right? It's actually lighter and more durable than the Schluter board, I find. The Schluter board has a lot of flex. But well, you it. need, uh, it's got cement coating on it, so you need a slightly well, different Well, I wouldn't really call it cement coating, but... Um, you can't cut it cleanly, or can you cut it clean with an with an yes, knife? Yes, you can cut it cleanly with a brand new blade. Uh, the and best. that blade's only going to last so many cuts, though. A 25 mil, too. Don't use an 18. You'll cut your finger off. Um, I would know. See these two X marks right here? Yeah. The I have a love-hate relationship with uh, Milwaukee Fastback knives, uh, the four-inch utility knives. I know which one you're talking about. Yes. This was that was, snapped? This was in Winnipeg uh, about seven, eight years ago. Fuck. This one was How many a year, stitches? This was a year and a half ago. How many stitches? I don't remember, but I had to be taken to the hospital in an ambulance. That's all I remember. Did it look like a football? No, but the blood was past my elbow. So Fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I blacked out on the job site. So So that was good. a Milwaukee knife. Yes. Uh, so I actually don't have one on me, but uh, <laughs> this is just a shitty cobalt. But the fastback has a little switch on the bottom and you just flick it like a, like a, like a switch knife. You just flick it forward. That's it. Done. Back and forth. Open, close. This is just your cheap cobalt, but yes, best knives they make for tile setters, in my opinion. But All right. So let me, I want to ask you about your arsenal of tools now that you actually have a lot of experience. <laughs> what are you using now? You're using obviously a Makita variable, right? Was Makita. Not anymore. What's it now? So Makita actually discontinued their, uh, their one grinder that I really enjoyed. And I why had did they do that? So there's two types of grinders. You can get a Makita that has a bar switch. Yeah, on it, I don't like and that. Uh, I don't like that one. And then the one on the side, I was told from Home Depot, they, uh, no, don't quote me, maybe I'm wrong, but there's a switch on the side. Uh, apparently, from what I was understood and told, they discontinued that now. Maybe it's not true. But that's the one. But that I tried to go to every Home Depot in my area. They no longer sell it. And So, so what did example, you end up getting then? Uh, Bosch. Uh, you can buy a two-pack. 120 bucks variable um grinder no it's uh it's a six five amp it's a very hard grinder to control um 
So here's how it went. I had those for years. The older ones were not bad, but they vibrated like a son of a bitch. The newer ones now, they've gotten a lot better, a lot cleaner. It's a lot more easier to control. It's a very thin grinder. Now, that grinder is not the grinder I used to cut tile with anymore. What I used to cut tile with, you ever heard of Metabo before? Yeah. Metabo, they sell them for an uh, installer. He's uh, quite up there in age. I think he's 54. He had one on site. Comes in a grain case. Yep. They're about 75, 80 bucks retail. You can buy them from Home Depot. Variable? No, they're not variable. Um, no, they're a little not bit less model. than a Bosch. They're not a 7.5 amp. They're a, either a 6.5 or slightly so less. So why do you like that one? Because they're a thicker casing on the grinder, and they're a lot easier to control, and they're a lot cleaner cuts, I find. They heat up? No, absolutely not. So they're a bigger mortar, but they're not... Uh, it's a HPT Metabo is the brand or HLT, something like that. Yeah. But they are Makita's old brand. So Makita or either Makita or Hitachi, one or the other. But they're, I call them the same family because let's say they're Japanese. So what's the blade that you're using on it? Uh, that varies. Um, we used to use the ones from Centura. They're the yellow ones, but I don't have access to those where I live. So what I actually ship them to you. I don't know. I can't be bothered. Whatever my supplier can get. And essentially what I've been using for the longest time is I, I hate Pearl. I hate Pearl with a passion. I, I'm running one right now. It's a it's a blue Pearl Turbo, very thine, fine How blade. How come you don't like Pearl? Because they're shit. They don't last. They, they don't, don't last. last eh? They don't so last. They probably Six cut, months. Yeah, they cut really well in the so beginning. So the best blade I ever had, and I still have it, it's just it's worn and abused. It's, uh, it's called a Ruby Turbo. Ruby Turbo. It looks like the Pearl, but it's not. It's a lot thicker, and it looks like the Centura blades. Hard to get them, apparently. <laughs> Suppliers got to ship them in from ProSol is our main supplier out there. Okay. But uh, Do you have a ProSol by you? Uh, yeah, it's in uh, Kingston, Ontario there. Um, but long story short, Ruby Turbo is a blue blade that is rated for up to 20,000 linear feet. I've been abusing and using that blade for the last two years. I first started using it over a year and a half ago here in Toronto, cutting three-quarter-inch porcelain for a pool deck. And that thing would keep up to a big $5,000 saw all day long to cut three-quarter-inch porcelain. And you were still using it on the same grinder, the same yes. Atabo one? Yeah. Same grinder, yes. So Sound bad. This, this blade has been abused, abused, and abused, and she's finally time to retire her. But for your bang for your buck, Ruby Turbo. Absolutely. All right, man. Little OBC talk here. Waterproofing wall finishing. Okay. Waterproof wall finishing must consist of ceramic, plastic, or metal tile, sheet vinyl, uh, tempered hardboard, laminated thermosetting, decorative sheets, or linoleum. Give me these big words, eh? You got a lot there. <laughs> it must extend to the height at least 70 and 7 eighths above the floor in showers. Is that the waterproofing code for OBC? Okay, so 70 and 7 eighths above the floor in shower stalls, 47 and a quarter above the rims of bathtubs with showers, and 15 and three quarter above the rims of bathtubs without showers. And one more uh, waterproofing protects plaster, wood, and brick work beneath, preventing mold and other damage. I remember, it, I don't remember them being that high so 70 and 7 eighths for a shower, 77 eighths for a shower stall, 80 inches. Yeah, that's where you got to be fully waterproof. So is this talking from the subfloor to the ceiling? This would be from the, sh uh, the bottom of the shower floor. Okay. 
So you're almost six feet. That's about right. That's about right. And then over a tub with a shower, it's only four feet, 47 and a quarter. So here's the thing with tub, though. The tub doesn't go from the subfloor up. It goes from the... No, this would be from the rim of the tub. So from the rim up, yeah, it would be about four So now you're getting back up to 70-ish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, well, it's just more than four feet. It's roughly five. But that's with a six. shower. And then just a tub with no shower is only 15 and three quarters, which I, I remember it being 16 inches. Yeah, yeah that was right. standard, yeah. Yeah. All right. That was yeah. a little OBC talk. Well, some people like to, so say we're doing a shower, say right from the subfloor all the way up to the shower stack just above that. That's where most people like to end their waterproofing. Whether I just, it be curdy, me, I've waterproofed and I say all to of them, it. I say, listen, I go, I have the material here. There's going to be no difference in price. Literally, I bought the material to do this square footage. Just put the last fucking 14 inches above the shower. I, I, I would also, because you know how you get the corners whenever you get the kit for Schluter? Yes, yes, inside and, corners. And so if you don't curb shower, you always have extra corners. That's right. So I would keep corners and, and just save them always. in the ziploc bag so and i would start cornering the top ceilings i would just if do you're that tiling for the ceiling, shit yes. yeah shit's yes. giggles right if you're tiling the ceiling yes which i tiling. every shower i've ever built I've, I've tiled the ceiling uh was it i tile that got into ceilings there i think he was talking about ceilings uh i had a good laugh about some of the things he was saying not nothing bad oh is. no about what do you mean because the the two uh, foot by four foot about putting the yeah. tile on the ceiling yeah. yeah and he made a good point there because yeah you know they were never designed to be on a ceiling with you know 80 to 100 pounds on a fucking ceiling oh no, they weren't because you got to remember what's a ceiling two foot uh Two on the second on floor, this. it's two foot on second. Well, let's just roof say roof it's, a, it's a one story and the roof the roof trusses are two foot. Yeah, so you're 24 on center. So that, that's very dangerous because some of these old houses, you get two foot uh, on center walls, interior walls. It's almost impossible to get the drywall, the tile, and everything to line up beautifully. So, yeah, you end up having to frame because it's not up to code. See, it's so, kind of funny how you get large slab yeah. or if you get some sort of uh, manufacturer or fabricator to do a slab and then they'll do a full piece on the ceiling. Yeah. They'll mechanically fasten that ceiling piece on the round the Which perimeter. Works. Yeah. It's essentially, and then you uh, leave your walls kind of cradling in it. Yeah, and then yeah. it's a, it's a whole piece of stone. So that'll yeah. work. Yeah. But then nobody talks about putting a two foot by four foot tile on the ceiling and yeah. not considering mechanically fastening it. Well, uh, essentially you don't have to, but if you're going to rip, so if you're going to, if you're going to waterproof drywall, the whole shower, See, when a client goes, oh, it's already drywalled, I go, oh, my God, fuck me. Thank goodness you already oh drywalled God, it. Fuck me. And I had a client in uh, Prince Edward County a couple of years back, two foot by four foot tiles in their shower. And I'm looking at the drywall, and I stick my level, and I go, it's out fucking three quarters. Was and they it go, moisture resistant drywall? Oh, least. no, it's blue drywall. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, that's, it's that's, better. It's better than green drywall. That's human tech. That, oh yeah. yeah, that's human. Yeah. But long story short, <laughs> I go. Do you guys have pictures of before it was drywalled? Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Bring their phone over. They're looking through the phone, and I start looking at the studs. The motherfuckers missed a stud under the window. So it's I I knew it because of the way the drywall was bowed. I go, this fucking stud spans over two feet with no contact. There's got to be something going on with this drywall. And I was right. As soon as I seen the picture, I said, missing okay. stud. I said, guess what? They go, well, what's up? I go, I'm putting a stop work on this. Oh, what do you mean? I go, call your contractor, whoever installed the drywall, and tell him he needs to get over here and fix this. Oh, what do you mean? I go, well, I cannot put a 24 by 48 inch tile on the wall with about 80 pounds, thin set and all, tile, all said and done, and the drywall bows three quarters of an inch. 
it will not happen. It cannot happen. And I will not do it because you have so much flex and so much moisture. What did they do? They called the contractor back in. And then the contractor took care of it? He came and fixed it. So unscrewed? Yep. They unscrewed it and I hadn't waterproofed it yet. Came back and he fixed it. I put my level on it. It was bang on. No questions asked. And sometimes you have to be very direct with people and say, listen, this has to be done right. You're dealing with forces. You got uh, movement. You got moisture. You got hot and cold. You're going to heat the shower up. You got hot water coming out of that shower head. You know, the steam's coming right off it. It's rising. You got every element possible in that one little area. Yeah. And why risk it? You know, you're spending, you know, $100 a tile at that point for 24 by 48. You really want that tile coming off the wall or falling on your head? You know, uh, there was one in the county I did about uh, a year ago, and uh, they wanted a, it was about a 9 or 10 foot by 38 inch shower, linear drain or center drain, 40, 24 by 24 on the walls. The building was built in 1815. Yeah. Wow. And you know what goes on in those kind of buildings? Two coats of drywall, lath and plaster beneath it, old school balloon framing. And to boot, the best part, the subfloor, the contractor decided that toe nailing with a pass load gun, the subfloor to the bottom plate of your stud wall was a sufficient enough to hold the kind of weight that a 250-pound man or whoever standing in that shower when it was all said and done would be enough to support that. And... Yeah. So this is all new construction, new framing new into construction, the old framing? old, and this is what happens. You get these contractors that are about my age, a little bit older, and they really don't understand that things back then were built with a hammer and a, and a nails. There was no pass load guns. There was no, you know. All and these, the nails were different. There were well, spikes, basically. Yeah, but, which is fine. Uh, my garage, uh, built in the 40s. Yeah. You know, it's, it's okay. Same thing. Yeah. But there are things with the subfloor that, are just uncompromisable. I pulled that plywood up or OSB espinate, whatever it was. There was nothing holding that bottom plate up except for a little block this big. I got a question for you about Bishop Joyce. Okay. Do they compromise structure? Um, remind me again what Bishop Joyce So Bishop had. Joyce were all designed for older shower applications okay. where they take the top of the joist and they chamfer. They cut it into a peak. Okay. And they did that so then you could put plywood in between the joists and then you would dry pack in between everything to the top of the peak i might have seen that i just way you're describing it may not be what i understand myself okay but i think i know where you're going with that so it doesn't have a flat top it's got a pyramid top like a, a an angle top oh so essentially a notch like this yes yes it's i known as a bishop joist. long time ago i have a lot not of the older homes i came across i a have few not of those. seen it very, yeah. very often lately but I just started thinking, does that compromise the structure of that joist? And then when you fill it in with dry pack in between, it reinforces the structure of that joist now. I would say nowadays, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, definitely stronger. Like than you what. have to remember the timbers back then were bigger. The joists were yep. bigger. True, but too. What you're dealing yeah. with now is, you know, you got uh, instead of uh, beams, you got LVLs and you got TGIs. And I don't know if you know uh, full home construction, but you're looking at a TGI and going, what the fuck is this thing going to hold? It's a TGI. It's a, is, it's a it's, Aspenite it's, two by three yeah, laminated it's, it's together. It's designed but, to be a part of the assembly, right? But you On know, its if, own, it's weak. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's what I mean. And you got to think of a shower like that. So I don't know if you know what a Frankenstein shower is. No. What's that? Well, I'll put it this way. If you don't 
use uh, MapPy or if you use Schluter, and if you use uh, products that are way out over here with a Schluter product or whatever, it's called a Frankenstein shower, yeah. which means if something fails and Schluter comes in to look at it, no warranty. And I know you, have don't, you, like, ever, you have, don't like that word warranty. Uh, no, but have you ever ha needed to use a warranty claim? No. Because I put five-year warranty on all my stuff. Yeah, I don't know a single towel person. I put five years on all my stuff. And the reason for that is because I'm not confident in it. And uh, like I said, tech was the only ever issue I ever had. But the bottom line is, let's just say, for all bullshit's sake, that something does fail. Do you want to be the guy that has to come back there and go, oh, fuck, it's you know but if it doesn't or okay so there's, there's going to be, be a, a huge inquiry right so yeah. even if it's a schluter issue or if it's yeah. a mape issue or yeah. if it's a tile issue that's you're right. you're gonna have to bring all three parties including yourself that's right and for the most part they're there to figure out yeah. if they're at fault that's right and then find out who is at fault that's right so ultimately the, so the, the installer ultimately, GC, ultimately you stick with what is good so you don't have to use curdy um, you can use, uh, so for example, don't quote me on their warranty. I don't know the fine print, but you stick with me personally, um, map high, uh, liquid, uh, aqua defense. I used it for, um, some of my blue collar clients a few years ago. It was not a bad product, but now I'm kind of like, okay, you know what? Hydro bends better. Latticrete is up there with Schluter. I love their epoxy grow. I swear by it. I'm doing jobs with this fucking care epoxy and. My supplier goes, "Oh, you're the you're the poor bastard that uh, bought five uh, five pails of the you know the one gallon care epoxy. Yeah. The problem with care epoxy, I find, is it has a resin hardener. So I don't know if you know much about fiberglass and resin hardener and that kind of stuff. So you go to fiberglass a canoe. It has the fiberglass, the gold resin, and then you have a hardener. Well, if I could relate it to anything, I could relate that to laticrete, three stage or two stage epoxy for okay. pools." And the best part about it, and I'm not saying that you can water it down, you're not supposed to, but the best part about Laticrete was you could take the resin harder and do a half mix, a half care epoxy you cannot. It's all in the bucket, comes with the bottle in it. Sometimes the bottle has a hole in it, <laughs> and it dries. If you read the fine print, it says thermoplastic or thermal something. And when I hear that or I read that, you know what that th makes me think of? What? Do you know what thermoplastic caulking is for exterior applications around windows? It's about a $10 tube of caulking that as soon as it hits air, it's rock hard. And that's what I think when I think care epoxy. Okay. So I love Laticrete two-stage epoxy. I could use I'm it. hearing a lot of good I things could, about it. I Well, it's from what I recall, it's a, I believe it's a limestone base. I could be wrong. Um, but it's just a product that, I find is so much easier to install for being epoxy application. Um, care epoxy, sure, but would I want to use it? No. Richard, is there a particular construction bone you want to pick at regarding the tile industry? One that jumps out at you? What? Well, I'll be a little bit more specific. <laughs> just one. Just one. Construction bone? Yeah. Uh, well... Yeah, that's tough. There's a bunch of things. Okay, it well, depends ramble on them on, man. Which like what what like what are you talking about? Oh, uh, just when it comes to tile, right? Yes. Okay. Um, 
Oh, that's a difficult one because there's so many. <laughs> well, there's so many young trades in the industry. I don't see a lot of the old tile installers out there. Construction bone. You know, I might have mentioned this. Guys, they don't understand the products, for one. Um, believe me if I'm wrong. Curdy, you have to, if you mud tape the walls, do you have to prime them? You Drywall. Don't. In a shower. In the beginning, you didn't have to, but now they're asking you for to do that. Have you ever installed it with it? With primer? Without primer. Without primer, yes, I have. Has it failed? No. Really? That's interesting you say that because I've actually seen other guys do it. And do you know what you're... So, for example, have you ever taken Curdy on a shower, unprimed, mud and taped, and you ever peeled the corner back? Do you know what's supposed to happen when you peel curdy? Just pulling it. Just cool. So the actual other side of the fabric, whatever, is supposed yes. to adhere and stay with the drywall. That's right. So it's yes. supposed to separate. Yes. So long story short, I get on the phone. I call Schluter and I go, are you supposed to prime and tape drywall? Or sorry, supposed to prime the drywall if it's been mud and tape? They say, yes, absolutely. And the reason for it, I've seen other contractors. Maybe it was a junior guy that installed it. I don't know. I don't care. Painter's in the next room. Big job. I grab the corner. It rips the whole fucking sheet right off the wall. So it doesn't, it doesn't separate? does not separate. And what I mean by separate... But hang on. Let me preface that because I've never installed curdy Curdy membrane. Curdy membrane. Sorry. Curdy yes. membrane yeah. over mud and tape. I've only installed it over a substrate. Uh, drywall or cement board OSB, or cement. Yeah, yeah whatever and right? that's fine yeah. that's it so yeah. i've never because i i looked at it like yeah. okay there's no reason to mud and tape this man so what happens i've noticed so you're talking about the plasters causing this what happens is even if sometimes it's a fuck up in the mixture of the thin set and it's just not wet enough or either it's too wet and it's a very fine borderline i find because i've demoed a lot of some other people's work that i've had to fix and I noticed that when it's strong and it's on there, instead of just pulling the white piece off the back of the fabric, it'll actually start ripping chunks of the drywall off. Then you know it's, it's, it's adhered on there. It's yeah. not coming yeah. off. And most of the time, the drywall is primed. Always. Yes. I've had jobs where you grab back and it rips, the, rips it right off. The white either most of the time doesn't stay on or it stays on the drywall. But they just introduced that primer yeah. recently, didn't they? Oh, it's just uh, any primer, uh, Dulux primer, whatever, uh, your paint primer. No, but now Shooter has their own primer now, Oh, right? do they? No, I didn't know I that. thought I saw somebody. Maybe. I have. Well, I mean, they have, a, like, they're, they're evolving their products, Oh, right? of course. So the peel and stick. Oh, well, they have uh, six-foot rolls now. I don't yeah, know which are great. Oh, Makes a lot joints. of sense. Yeah, well, exactly. One issue with that. It's joints are necessary so that you can actually pull. If, you know, you got. You get need to get the air out I'm of there. Five foot nine. You got to get the air out. You got to stand I on know. a ladder. It's really hard to get that all out. So, yeah, it's just one of my bones that I've seen. The painters in the next room. You got a can of primer, and just prime the fucking wall. Call it a day because the primer sucks the primer into the drywall. Yeah. And then when you Seals put thin it. set over it, it doesn't suck all the moisture out of the thin set. Yeah. And what I notice is when you pull that curdy off and there's no primer, 
the drywall has sucked all the thin set. But do you into remember the in the beginning, nobody was washing substrates before <laughs> putting Dietra down, right? That is the they, first. They were thing sweeping. You do. They were sweeping, maybe it's vacuuming, but they were enough. not washing them. It's not enough. But it wasn't until a few years after that that Schluter started saying, "No, you have to have a complete clean substrate. Yep. It has to be washed." And I agree. I agree. And I agree. For that same reason, it's the water soaking in, the thin sand. Well, no, what happens is is a drywall guy will be in there sanding and sand it like three times, whatever. That that fucking sand gets right into the substrate. Yeah. Let's say Aspenite or OSB. You have to get that out. Yeah. And what happens is you wash the floor, come back 20 minutes later, and it's dry enough. But it's not to the point where there's so much water in the substrate that it won't absorb. So... Yeah, it makes total sense. So here's my thing about my little construction bone is that I don't like GCs that tell tile installers, <laughs> we're good to go. It's all ready for you. And then they I show agree. up. I agree. And it's not ready for you. There are some companies that will not be named that I know, I've been But they that do that all the time. And I refuse to work with those companies. Like of you show up and you've already scheduled your day. You've yep. got your crew. Yep. You, you're lined up. You've got all yep. your horses all lined yep. up. You show up on site and it's not ready. No, nope, that's right. But they want you on site just to, I guess, nope. show the client that we're nope. moving along and trades nope. are working, which nope. is all bullshit. It's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. Home. Yeah. Too bad. Period. I don't care what the contract is. I don't care what it is. You cannot compromise what you're going to install just to appease a GC. I know. And I had this argument uh, about a week ago. I say, the guy comes up to me and goes, well, why is, why is this taking so long? And I go, the tiles are three-eighths inch thick. The edging or the profile, the Schluter sheen or dolly, it's three-eighths inch thick. I said, what do you think I have to do? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I have to push all the thin set out on the fucking corner. I said, who, did, who, told, who told us to do this? All the architect, uh, if we don't do it that way, they can tell us and come in here and tell us to rip it all off. I go, really? I said, bring them over. Let them talk to me. I said, because I don't care. I'll stand up to them. No problem. Because just like a specialist or a doctor specialist or an architect, they don't know everything. No. You know, I've had them supply me this map high CQ grout. I did not realize the client calls me and says, it's still a mess. And I go, what the fuck are you talking about? He goes, there's still... I haze on the tile and I'm like are you fucking kidding me I never was and I got there I never was a fan of that and I got in there I looked in I really I'm like for fuck's sake their whole angle is the pre-mix you know what you're right I apologize I did not realize this being a quartz activated pre-mix grout that the fucking architect told us to use it leaves a residue almost like an epoxy so here I am with a brush I know you're washing it I know you know, and yeah, this I is didn't like why it, you really got to know the Are product. they still selling it? Oh, fuck yeah. They and still I, sell they it. They're trying to sell it to me. I go, no, take that shit. And you, you just, you, you throw it in the garbage. I'll only use FA or ideally, if I really want to, yeah. epoxy. Exactly. I've always uh, had, I love epoxy. I love Laticrete epoxy. Uh, there's another brand of MapPie, uh, not the Care Epoxy. It's not the CQ. It's another, another version, uh, but it's not CQ. And it's actually. It's FA, epoxy. isn't it? No, there's another epoxy premix to see. They're they're getting a, a lot premix of, epoxy. So Spectralock uh, Laticrete comes with their premix epoxy as well, and they're non epoxy. So it's grout premixed in a bucket. So you have to spin it up or whatever. But uh, yeah, but you don't have to do two parter. No, everything's a lot of things are leaning towards now is premix. I I don't get into it too much just because I can't usually manipulate the 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 mixture to what I need on the type of job I'm doing. But yeah, some of it's not bad, you know. Um, Let me talk a little green book here, man. <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is going to oh, be yeah. a game show here. Oh, yeah. Finds to watch out for, ladies and gentlemen. 
failing to appoint a supervisor to a project with five or more workers. What's the fine on that one? $20,000. Supervisor failing to supervise work at all times. What's the, fail, uh, what's the fine on that one? 1000 550 mm. Failing to establish written emergencies, emergency procedures. 550 Yep. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> failing to post in emergency procedures. To post them. How much is that one? 550 Failing to ensure fall protection training. 550 Yep. Really? Fa- failing to wear protective headwear. 550 Nope, 250 <laughs> we all know this because this has been shared so many times. Failing to wear protective footwear. 250. 250. Failing to wear eye protection. 250. 250. These fines can easily be avoided. Be safe on your job site. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised those are not a lot higher nowadays. I, you know what? I kind of agree know. with you. Mind you, you know. I've been fortunate enough to never get one, and I've always had a bunch of guys that have been on the show that so, uh, what The are, hard hat one is the what one. Are, what are the most expensive ones you want to avoid? Well, <laughs> someone injury or death or like that starts to get into a different ballpark. Oh, man. yeah, that's a totally different I, I want to get close to wrapping up, Richard, but I yep. do want to pick your brain about clips. Okay. I'm sure you've got an opinion about clips. Which type? Well, that's what I mean. That's the opinion part. Which do you ones? or actually let's first start off with do you like clips or do you dislike clips uh depends on what application you're using them for uh 12 by 24 rectified edge sure no problem make my job easier and then and anything faster. larger from there definitely absolutely. right absolutely now are you going fifteen thousand clips doesn't matter how big it is or are you just going one two three and then uh it depends on the job but uh, you know floor is open lay yeah you can get away with one so uh, 24 by 24 you can get away with three yeah 12 by 24 you can get away with two but it depends. Are you doing brick joint or are you doing straight stack? That's you're doing thing. brick joint, you're going to burn more. So what is so. your clip of choice? Well, uh, perfect level master are the best. Everybody knows that. No disputing it. But they are a little pricey. So They're more know, expensive than the competition? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. Like yeah. dramatically more expensive? Not, I'd say dramatically. But see, here's the problem. I've never actually ordered a box of 2000 Maybe one of these days I will. But the best way for contractors is to order a box of 2000 uh, In that retrospect, meaning, you know, you do a job and you think you need 500 and then you're... But you got more jobs if you you're tile installer. Yeah, you like, you know, five rows left and you don't have enough. It's like, oh, I got to go get more clips. <laughs> so the best way is to order a box of 2000 But um, I've kind of experimented. The QEP ones are the clear ones. Um, same thing, two-inch... Uh, they call them their AB system from Lowe's, okay. essentially. They're not bad. The problem is, is if you crank them too tight, you're going to snap them. You're going to snap them right off. Okay. So they weren't bad. A lot of guys use those with the, uh, they they mix the systems. They use the red wedges with those clips, save some money. They're not bad. But mostly the perfect level master, I've taken a 38-inch by 6-inch hardwood tile, and I've been that fucker more than eighth of an inch to put it on it was on the bottom of a shower it had like a little it was a uh, rating heated floors there was just no way the way this plumbing came in the floor there was no way to avoid that so i actually had to bend the tile and those i've done things, that before those perfect level master will bend the tile i feel like a the, god the when cheap, i bend tile the, eh? the cheap ones not gonna you happen. start putting weight on it you start shimming it you start like forcing eighth it hoping inch, it doesn't you know, break kind of, yeah eighth the, inch is kind of your two foot by four foot tile has got a bow in it yeah. That's a guarantee. Yeah, which is, you know, when they go, oh, you don't need clips. And you go, okay. 
What do you know? You've had clients tell you that, or no, you've had coworkers? You? They go, "Oh, I just put them down with the spacers. We don't even use spacers." And I look at them like, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah." It shows what you know because if you take a tile, a twelve by twenty-four, and you put it like this, it's not straight. No, it's not. I know so, that. what do you think happens when you put it on the floor? Yeah, yeah. same thing. And you know, commercial, not necessarily always, but here's the thing. You know, I'm finding a lot of the commercial now. It wasn't like it was, you know, five, ten years ago. They didn't really care. They just wanted it down, you know, keep the lipid lippage to a minimum, yada yada, and it looks good, right? Now they're starting to get a little bit more picky, and it's getting to the point where if this joint's bigger or this, they're not happy. And you gotta kind of walk the fine line between what the client actually wants and upgrading to clips. So you know, the NC standards actually has forgiveness in the lippage, eh? You're yeah. actually allowed. Yeah. I, th- I, I think it's I one mil. I haven't those standards yet. I think it's one mil. I, I just, I know in my head the TT Mac on what they call for on substrates and that kind of stuff. And most of the time on my own jobs, I always use clips. Always. Unless you got a subway tile, a 4x12, you don't need clips. You don't need clips for that. It's a waste Yeah, I know, but you get those guys who are using hexagon tiles and they're just clipping the shit out of everything. Now, and there's nothing wrong with that. That meets the minimum. But you That's don't just need clip four porn, clips. man. You, I, you know, actually, you, it's a good thing you, pr- um, some of the guys, they'll take the hardwood and cut it to the tile. I have not done it yet. I've always wanted to. It's quite inspiring stuff. I, they take the hardwood and they cut it to the I tile. I know, I know. They take about, you know, a box or two and they clip them all together and grab the whole panel. You know what? All the power to them, you know? If they want to be custom like that, no problem, you know? If it works for what you're doing and the way you install, Absolutely. Sure, but if, it, if you trout it, I cannot it on perfectly. stand here. I cannot stand here and say what you're doing is wrong. No, no, no. And you can't stand whatever. Here and say back what to wrong. the so. whole tool thing. Whatever yep. works for you. That's, that's as right. simple as that. But man. in a general consensus, yeah, you know, you don't need to for a little tile this big. But I'm not a fan of that whole threshold between hexagon tile and then hexagon hardwood and cutting it yeah sure there's a skill set to it but yeah when it comes to design and creativity yeah it looks like shit and i'll rip it out next week right it just that's my Your opinion, opinion. About it. yeah i yeah. mean i look at it i'm like okay fine skill level 10 great yeah design level yeah. fucking annoying zero i don't want it yeah. i don't I, like look sure. like shit i'd rather have yeah. a straight line and that's just yeah. me right yeah but some people a lot of guys in boston will disagree with me <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's some uh, tile a friend of mine sent it the other night. It was uh, it looked like a border inlay on a shower wall, and I'd like to give a shout out to uh, sure. my supplier there. A lot of tile, or I hope I pronounce it right. A lot of tile, yes, a lot of tile. A lot of tile. Yeah, it's A L O T A. Okay. Uh, my supplier uh, owner's uh, Anthony Brooks, great guy, and he's similar to you in a way. They like to kind of educate all the contractors, and they. You know, we, we go there, we buy our stuff, and they, they like to keep guys up to date on what we should Good. use. We go, okay, what do I need to do this and this and this? This is what you should use. And not because they have all the answers, but because of kind of what the standards call for. So, you know, uh, a client wanted epoxy grout. I go, what's the best? What's, you know, what should I use? Oh, there's a laticrete, or you can use a care box. They carry everything? So, yeah, they carry just about everything, and it's a great brotherhood of people essentially so i can get on the phone right now and call three of them and most of the time they'll answer and i go hey i got this problem you know what should i do with this and this and this and they're a very high-end custom company down there in prince edward county so everybody's heard of the sandbanks before so 
Yeah, Stan Banks, the most beautiful beaches in Ontario. I yeah. want to ask you, Richard, what are all the cool kids using for clips on social media? Clips? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I see a lot of pay grand here in Toronto. I've never used them, but I'd say uh, Perfect Level Master, I'd yeah. say, is pretty much the, the going thing nowadays, but I could be wrong. I'm not a social media nerd, I don't know. So. I don't. I only follow a handful of tile guys, so I don't understand. Uh, same right? here. I can... I don't dive in deep into any yeah. particular trade. I have a yeah. balance of all the trades, and I just pay attention to everybody, right? That's right. Yeah, That's there's, all I There's do. so much, yeah, you know. You ready for the t uh, 12 questions there, bro? Sure. Throw them at me. What do you got? You got them right there, but I'll do just I? ask you oh. a question, man. I just want to let everybody get in. So, website again is retile at... Sorry. Re.tile. Let me say it again. Retile and finishes, and it's the actual and symbol. Yes. Right? And dot uh, com. Uh, for Instagram, I believe it was R E tile and finish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then the website, or sorry, the email is hey, re dot tile. The email is re dot tile finishes. That's and right. the word the word and finishes yeah. at gmail dot com. That's right. A little confusing. I, no, no. I, it's something I put together and I wasn't really thinking of it. What is your favorite construction word? Um, favorite construction word. Well, I'm going to say, uh, well, favorite construction. I don't know. Um, is this relating to all aspects of construction? Anything or to do with construction. Um, favorite construction word. I'm going to say new build, new, new construction. You like new construction? Yeah, always. Yeah. The, the smell, the new smell, the new look. The, the paint, new. the new smell, the custom, the everything. Just. What is your least favorite construction word? <laughs> Re-reno. <laughs> what turns you on in construction? Well, um, some guys say the sound of a skill saw. Uh, for me, you know, if you hear, you hear that uh, impact driver, you know, uh, it's a good sound when you walk on site, you know. Yeah, but you don't have a Metabo one, do you? What do you have? No, uh, Milwaukee. You have a Milwaukee one? Milwaukee Red, yep. Until it bites you? Nope. It won't Never. bite you? Never, nope. What turns you off in construction? Um, budget. <laughs> What's your favorite curse word? Uh, fuck's sakes. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? And it's funny you say that. I was thinking about that on the way in, and I'm like, you know, everybody would say a Marad uh, uh, Maserati, a Ferrari. No, no, none of those. Uh, favorite vehicle in the world. Um, have you ever seen Yellowstone before? course i watch i've uh, seen all I'm, looki Costner. I'm looking yeah. forward to the premiere tomorrow so, oh is it tomorrow it's tomorrow oh, two hour shit. premiere man season four right i'm not even a cowboy guy oh. and i love that show i got the cowboy boots are just missing the hat <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a very so well it's on a good his, show on that show they drive a big dually dodge yep. it's uh it's like a hundred thousand dollar truck that would be my so most it's a sweet truck it's sweet looking is, truck and the reason i say that is because uh we had a f-350 one ton was not the dually and we had all kinds of fun with that thing. I like dualies. They, they're, they're some serious towing power on those. Like, I like dualies until you got to replace all six tires. <laughs> then I don't like dualies. Or, or the, or the <laughs> exhaust man. Of, yeah. <laughs> plug. What's your least favorite vehicle in the entire world? Uh, smart car. <laughs> I've driven one. I've driven least one. Least favorite. I can't stand it. What construction sound or noise do you love? Um. Uh, I would say the sound of a grinder, but no, because it pisses Pearson. off my ears. Pearson, oh, the ringing. 
But yeah, it sounds skill saw, chop saws, that kind of stuff. Yeah. What construction sounder noise do you hate? Jackhammer, chipping hammer, ding 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 ding, ding uh, like very loud. Yeah, very right loud. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Where does it? Where does that question? <laughs> Could be there's, anything. There's a lot. Lots of things you want to attempt. What would you like to attempt? Actually, I would love to be a gunsmith or uh, like a weapons tech. I originally, when I was in high school, I wanted to be in the military to be a weapons tech. Things didn't work out. I moved on, went to the trades. But yeah, that was one of my original passions was to, there's a company in Ottawa called uh, Rhine Metal. Uh, They build a lot of, you know, the military's defense stuff. That would be a profession, you know, something in that engineering kind of thing, you know, design, build these kind of things. I would love to do. So you've got an opinion about our lovely PM and what he recently did in Canada. We are not going to get political because <laughs> there is like 10 things on that roster that just, yeah. I know. I know. What profession would you not like to do? Um, would not like to do is like an insurance broker, a guy that's behind a desk. I, there, I don't know how many times I've gone to the Home Depot or places like that and they're ex-contractor handymans and, they just don't know the fuck they're talking about. They don't about. know shit. They, I know. they try and recommend you a Diablo blade, but meanwhile, the Avantis, yeah, they're okay. They're $35 a set. But guess what? I do this uh, kind of job once every three months, you know. It'll last. You don't need a Diablo blade for that, you know. It'll last. Yeah. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Huh? Be a uh, good job. <laughs> Come, I got more work for you. <laughs> I forgot to ask you, are you using a wet saw at all? Or are you just grinders no. and, and... No, I only use a wet saw for what's required. Marble, uh, natural stone, uh, that kind of stuff. And it's funny you ask that because uh, I just bought one. It's a Ruby Professional Rail Saw. I Oh, the off. big boy. Uh, it's not as big as you think. 60 inches, man. Yep. yep. That's big. No, that's tiny. It's fucking tiny. <laughs> it's a bathtub. Tiny. It's a bathtub. Well, it's not quite 60. It's about a <laughs> 54 or something like that. Yeah, it's still a bathtub. They're tiny. That's big. That's tiny. Okay. That's a nice saw, by the way. They are. And I went with Ruby because a friend of mine had the more expensive, like $3,000 model one. And uh, I was in a situation where I mentioned I was doing 24 by 48 yeah, on yeah, a showroom yeah. floor. Yeah. I had to cut those in about four inch strips along the court, along the edge. And I'm thinking to myself oh my God, this will take forever with a grinder and I don't have a tile snapper. So I pick up the phone, I go, do you got your cutter? He goes, yeah, I'm on a job on uh, Rendersville Road about uh, here. And I go, shit, you're like 15 minutes from my job. Oh, so you got his. <laughs> so I went to the job. It's, it's a nice song. He was doing another job. Mass, no, no, he had a massive one. It was about... Uh, How big do they get? Oh, big. Like uh, bigger than 60, I think it was. It was massive. It would cut a slab. It was, it was wow. probably... Just shy of the size of this length of this table. This is a seven-foot table, 84. Yeah, it just shy of this table. Wow. Yeah, yeah it was okay. a monster. Monster. And it cut those four-inch strips no problem all day long. So I bought one about a 60 or 54. But the reason I bought it was for mitered cuts. So everybody knows mitering tiles and rectified edges. Um, I actually bought the diamond pads to polish those as well. 
just kind of upgraded. You guys are all becoming fabricators. Well, we now. had a little sander, you know, a little. Yeah, grit. I know, but why would you want to sit there all day? You know, okay, fine, it makes sense for a little. But the question is, top. are you charging though? Because the Absolutely. clients will pay fabricators Absolutely. to do stone slabs. Absolutely, it's a specialized. Yeah, and it's not much more. It's a little bit depending yeah. on the size. But I love mitered edges. I would rather not use a goddamn jolly or a sheen edging, which most people think that's the norm. No, there's quadec, there's rondec, there's, there's all kinds. And personally, I had a client and I said, you know, you got a bulkhead in the shower here. Why are we going to use a sheen piece? I have the same color in a rondec. Are you okay with that? Put it up there. I mocked it out. Show them. Yeah, I love that. Like, okay, good. Finished the whole job. They were absolutely, they loved it. Because you can't just be, oh, well, I got this one type of product. That's all we're using. No, you got to have versatile. You got to be able to. The Quadex, uh, when you do uh, ICF, ICF homes, yeah, bathrooms, you got this big massive window. They want mosaics in it. Yeah, do you know how straight those are? They're never fucking straight. No. So with mosaics, it's an absolute nightmare. So the saving grace you have is you have Rondek or Quadex edging, and the reason behind that is they have inside and outside corners, and they pin in together. So when you have a wall that's kind of fucked up, and you can keep it straight, and you or if you got to parge it, build it out, yada yada. There's forgiveness on line, using those. But it keeps everything clean. It keeps yeah. everything plumb, square. And with the sheen and jolly, sure, you can miter the cuts. It's just there's certain things that look better. And, I, you know, a couple bucks more, you know, a sheen piece of metal or edging goes for like 18 bucks retail, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, a Rondek or Aquatic, from what I remember, is roughly double that. So, or just under a little bit. So it has its applications. You know, it looks there's all good kinds of applications yeah. that are just better. And most clients don't know. They really don't. That's our job. So I like guys that are, you know, they either do miter cuts, everything's beautiful. Um, yeah. So so I, I know that your trade is the one trade there is in a school. I know that TT mm. Mac is trying <laughs> to create a school. I know Schluter does their actually, courses. Weedy actually, does courses. I was actually approached by uh, Loyalist College there. To do a, a course? Yeah. To teach tile. Are they still doing the course? I don't know because they were trying to get government funding and this was through another contract. That's one thing that the government should be funding. And I, you know, I asked a couple of fellow contractors if they'd be interested, but it's just a lot of gray area. And like, you know, to actually teach it, it's hard because what, my way is what's not the gray the area. You, what's the gray mean? area is there's no set way to do something to do you, like, when you go into a job, do you start, do you mix no. a bucket right away and start no, installing no, tile? No, but you teach all the ways that you're getting a That's class. Impossible. And you teach there's all the different every ways. Every company has a different system. Oh, you get rid of the companies. No, you have no, to, but there's about a system. The tile installer. There's a system to install tile. And what I mean is, the way I was taught was you got on site, mix up a bucket, got everything set up, mix up a bucket right away, start installing tile. Uh, another company, like uh, a lot of tile, for example, they're not like that. They'll they'll show up on site. They'll have their guy clean the joints, prep everything beautifully, make sure everything's spotless clean, and then they'll start mixing and going. And that may may take twenty minutes, right? Yeah. But it's a difference between okay, everything's clean, ready for grout, and it's immaculate. To okay, this job's dirty. And so how do you how do you say that my system's wrong and somebody else's system's wrong? And what I mean by that is. You're thinking, oh, well, that's got nothing to do with installing tile. It has everything to do with installing tile because some guys will take a bucket, dump it on the floor, start spreading with their half by half, whatever. I take the trowel. My old boss showed me. You take a margin or a cuts, 
catswalla is what we call it. Yeah. And we back the edges. Yeah. So that the thin set doesn't push through the joints. Some guys don't do that. Some guys, you know, they'll blow, they'll, they'll back dot. I've always There's done all that. kinds of methods that they've never actually set a standard. I've done it because I clean the joints. That's how you teach them. Yeah, but how do you install a tile? Do you back dot? Do you trowel? What do you What do you do? Yeah, I think you show them all the versions. So of what's it. the what's? Let me ask you a question. But what, it's whatever works for you. What's the minimum for floors? For what tile? Like a okay. Uh, so what size tile? What size notch trowel? Say uh, twelve by twenty four. Twelve by twenty four minimum half inch, half by half. I'm pretty sure the TT Max said three eighths by quarter is what I remember. Uh, we've been having this. Okay, argument. so the argument is that you have to have a bare minimum of eighty percent coverage. Eighty five percent. So, so all of a sudden, so if you're doing a, two, a one foot by two foot tile and you're doing a half by half, there's a pretty good chance you'll get that. But 80, I've 85%. had this argument before: less coverage. What do you mean? Who's saying to do less coverage? Less coverage because on a three eighths by quarter, it's a quarter by three eighths, right? So your quarter notch every 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 quarter inch, right? Yeah. Half by half, every half, half inch, inch. Less coverage. But you're getting half inch of material collapsing over a half and inch this gap. Argument on has, both sides this, of that half inch. This argument has gone through so, so just because you've made it taller and this narrower, argument has gone through so many different subcontracts. Uh, this is why it's so difficult, I believe, is because there's so many opinions on what should be what rather than what the standard is, you know? Like, okay, so if you do half yeah. by half, you do three-eighths by a quarter, and you push them both down, and you lift them both up, yeah. and both backs are fully covered that's right. and 85%. That's coverage. So yep. could, could we not say that both of them could be correct? Technically, yes. I bet you you could make both of them but correct. How do they you understand? Uh, when, when they make a code, they say, okay, it's, uh, let's say OBC code. Uh, they're 16-inch on center. They're not two foot by two foot. They're not 18 on yeah. 18. So how do you say one way and then the other way? It's got to be one or the other, right? So that's kind of the, where this issue, and I talked to older so installers. how do you know? Okay, you know, so if you lift it up, how do you know that that's 85% coverage? 85% of the tile is covered. No, but every, okay, I can guarantee you right now, we yep. can mix a bucket, three-eighths quarter, half by half. Yep. We push it all down, yep. set the tile, mm -hmm. lift it up, the yep. whole tile is going to get covered. That's a hundred percent coverage. Eighty-five percent adhesion is what it's called. Yeah, and that so would be. Schluter specifically says, if you take a hammer on a little square by square, uh, whatever it is inch by inch, it's about one hundred and eighty pounds per square inch is what they rate it on when that thin set is cured. That's how much force. So I'm sure you know if you have eighty-five percent coverage with either a half by half or three eighths by quarter, and you go to pull that up with your hands, you can't. No. It's physically impossible. No. So you have to use a Katsola something. trial. Something. Yeah. And when you have that 85% coverage on the back of that tile, there's no way unless you take a hammer and you smash that tile. And I'm sure you've seen the videos with the glass where they... Yeah. Yeah. So that's where this argument, I believe, has gone back and forth and back and forth because they haven't set a standard on what should be what. So it's very hard but to it, make a but school... But ANSI has set a standard. Yeah, but if they don't have a standard on it, it's very hard to make a school to, you know. But I'm also looking at it like it's very hard to assess that it is 85% coverage when you've installed it. Well, you install it and you can lift it up to check. Basically, I mean, can you argue that the, the, yeah. the difference between the two, yeah. I think that both of them would have 85 minimum, yeah. if not 100 coverage. Yeah. It depends on your substrate. Adhesion. But, but the yeah. only difference is that one will be a little bit lower and the other one will be a slightly higher. 
So or will they be balanced? So what I like to do is half by half on concrete substrate. So like a commercial. Yeah. But here's what I do. This is a trick I learned. I spread the half by half inch, and then I take the, the, the trowel, and I back dot the floor. Because concrete is not perfect. It no, it's like not. This. I know. And tiles, especially if they're not, I, I, I like rectified edge. If they're not rectified edge, oh, my God. They're, they're yeah, they're I know. Nightmare. It's like installing 12 by 12s back to the Stone Age. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, but I'll back dot one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six. And then I'll put the tile down. And what that gives me is that gives me my 85%. And when I push it down, it brings the floor up a little bit higher. But I know every time I don't have to check. So the question is that if you don't reach and 85%, yeah, you're using a little bit more. They're stuff. telling you that it's going to fail? Essentially, yeah. That's Based on enough. what standard? According to the TT Mac. <sighs> this guy, well, you know what's interesting? Next week I'm going to be passing by Schluter just to say hello to some buddies. Yeah, and uh, then I'm I, also I I'm should. also passing by TT Mac too to say some uh, say hello to other buddies. So, so I, know, I'm sure this conversation might come so up. So back dotting, you know, was one, but there's a whole. I'm not I'm not that well versed into back dotting, but it does work. Um, oh, I agree with you. I'm not just yeah. It could go, that circle go all day wrong, yeah, right? Because these are old methods, right? Which, it works, of course. But, you know, it's, it's uh, okay, what do you prefer? So, how do they make a standard on I it, guess right? it's just, you make a standard on basically just the general principles of how to be an installer. Which would, which Nobody's teaching be, anything Which, the then. standards would be a little bit lenient, if you want to call it that. Uh, it can't you know? be, though. you got to have a Well, I, they say, uh, if you read the back of a bag of thin set, it'll say three-eighths by quarter or half by half on uh, whatever. Blah blah blah. There's so words on the back of a, a bag. bag yeah, set. it tells you what you're going to get for coverage, I depending know, man. on what size of trial you use. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get out of here, Richard. Thank yeah. you so much, bro. I really appreciate you being on the show, man. No I know problem. this conversation go for days, man, because uh, we've we talked go, on the phone we so many times. Circles, so, I know, yeah. but it's good that you shared so much. I, l I love that you 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 got it very technical because uh, guys love listening to this stuff, right? Uh one of my friends. He's uh, he's I'm not going to say he's up there in age, but he's a good friend of mine and. The wealth of knowledge he has, he could sit here and speak to you for hours about the technical details on hydro band. And yeah. Just, you know, it's it's quite inspiring that, you know, he's a good friend of mine because you just, I, I've not got the greatest memory, but when you're dealing with some of these things and these products, it's kind of the thing that you need to know. Like, and it's not like, hey, I call you and I say, what do I do with this? And You've never seen it before, and you've been doing this, what, 30, 40 years? And I'm in a job where this, you know, this building was built in 1805, you know? It's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's almost like, I shouldn't say everybody should have access to it, but uh, a lot of tile, like, all the information I've learned from them and just talking to them, this information is free. Yep. This information didn't cost me anything. And you want the information because you want to make an informed frankly, decision. frankly, like... You know, I figure if, you know, a lot of other young installers had this access to this, you know, you wouldn't be getting some of these jobs where they have to go and rip the whole thing out, you know, so. Everybody, check it out. R.E. Tile and Finishes. R.E. Tile and Finishes on Instagram. Art dot, oh, sorry, R.E. dot Tile and Finishes at gmail.com. I think that we covered everything, no? A I lot. think so, yeah. I don't. I don't know. You, no, you we covered me. a lot, man, bro. You're the, uh, you're the whiz over there with the uh, <laughs> microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, bro. I appreciate. it. Thanks so much, man, for being on the show. No Thank problem. you, Angelina. We are out of here.